0: Hi, this is Mike, this is Russ,
1: and this is Matt, and you're listening to the Anti Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacoonical community. It's Friday the 17th of February 2017, uh, we are recording episode 122, You Love Me Because I Hate You, that's not a personal thing, that's just the name of the song we're reviewing. So this week I have of course with me Mike and Russ, So starting off with Russ, how are you sir?
2: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Mostly, i uh, been spending my days in a combination of working and still house renovations, so uh, I feel Ooh. more like a DIY enthusiast than a music podcast connoisseur these days, so uh, it's <laughs> keeping me busy.
1: Fair enough. My son's decorating his room at the moment, so the house is basically turned into that, the inside of his Happy bedroom, days. scattered across the that rest of the house while he paints his... He, he, I think he's called it. He's something like Puddle Brown is the name of the... The colour is nice, or, or, or as I like to call it, dysentery. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's his bedroom, so whatever he wants to paint it, to it's
2: a lot cheaper as well, dysentery and puddle brown.
1: Yeah, it's the smell, though. I think I'm yeah. not quite sure I'd want to
2: paint, open the windows, like paint fumes uh, in it, just about, find it
1: out for about two years, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has already gone to a dark place. Thanks for that, mate. Actually, it's probably my, I think I probably started that. Anyway, let's move on quickly. Uh, Mike, how are you doing?
0: I'm um, good, thanks. Not much to report on since last week, just work, work, work. So finally Friday
2: and relaxed time.
1: Yeah, I know what that feels like. It's been a busy yeah. week. It like we've all been busy at work, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah. How are you? All been off living the dream.
1: Yeah, there's no dream to be living. More like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, actually. I've still got a aggressive Netflix <laughs> an Amazon Prime schedule, <laughs> which I'm not meeting. Uh, so that's just sort of sitting there like I sort of Damocles still hanging over me. Uh, and I'm getting distracted by other things. But other than that, I'm doing fine. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to the weekend like yourselves. A little bit of rest, a bit of R&R before we get back to the grindstone next week. Anyway, that's not what we're about. Um, we're about Lacuna Coil, whilst we're on this podcast at least. So those of you that have been listening to the podcast for the last few episodes will know that we we recorded quite a few interviews whilst the band were in the UK. And uh, we've got another one for you. This one is with Ryan. Uh, it was recorded in the dressing room in Glasgow. Uh, whilst I think other bands were dress rehearsing. I vaguely remember sitting there next to him chatting these things through. I think Andy came in at one stage. She might hear Andrea in the background. Uh, and it was, um, as is always with Ryan, a good, solid, common sense, fun interview. And I hope you enjoy it. So here we are. Uh, we are in Glasgow, and I'm joined with Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? Wonderful. How are you doing? I'm very well. A little tired. It was a bit of a late night. Got a bit messy last night. But... Yeah, that's what I heard. Did you guys drive here today? Yep. Okay. Yep. Some of us were sleepier than others. I'm sure some of the guys had moments where they were, what's that term? Resting their eyes.
3: Resting their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Russell, how's he feeling today? Oh, he's Happy a, a clan. Yeah,
1: I think he's fine. He was good. A, good. He was a little tender last night i think it's yeah he was having fun hmm. yeah but we had fun everyone sure. was to be
3: fair how have you been anyway good good staying alive doing mm-hmm. the traveling thing playing drums every day
1: so kind of what you're here to do then really
3: yeah yeah <laughs> just just doing the thing you join it yes i am it's been great very lucky this winter tour for it not to be super cold yet
1: yeah we have been very fortunate actually so you, what you've done, what, 20, 20 22, 26, 27, I've lost count of the number of shows you've
3: done around Europe, and, and of course before that. On this two. I don't know, I, I know right. I've been gone six weeks now, hmm. for this one, since the last day of September, so yeah, quite a few. How's playing the new music been for you? Playing the new music? Yeah, Lots. yeah. It's a, it's really, good. Really enjoyable. Love playing. We've been playing Ghost in the Mist and Delirium and House of Shame for the better part of six six months. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome to finally play Blood. You Let Me Say Hey. I mean, the the new set list is full of new songs, which is cool because people have been singing along to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since the first show in Paris, which we kind of weren't sure when we played You Love Me and Downfall, but people people knew the words. People were enjoying it, so it's been great, actually. Excellent. You, you, look like you've, well, you always look like you're enjoying yourself, but you especially look like myself. you're enjoying
1: yourself back on, at the back of the
3: stage there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's been great.
1: And one thing that stood out for me quite a lot, and it's a bit strange thing to say, is the, the face paint. The, you know, the kind of the makeup, the stage presence, the, 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 the theatre, is that how you're supposed to say? Yeah, the
0: theatrics, I suppose. Yeah,
1: theatrics, yeah. The theatrics, yeah. Um, and you paint yourself up as kind of a skeleton, kind of?
3: Well, you know, we started with the classic, dirty, black everywhere type mm. of thing, which was okay, and it works, but unless you have kind of a plan for that, a lot of the photos I was in, I kind of hated, it was just kind of messy looking, mm. and not really enjoyable, and Marco started doing the clown, which I think he did for the first time for fun, I can't remember if he just did it randomly, and then just kind of stuck with it but he did the clown anyway and stuck with it and it became kind of his thing Mm. at least for this cycle for right now and and then Diego was experimenting more and it was kind of like okay this is cool we can let Andre and Christina do their thing but maybe we should have some kind of interesting stage personality at least for a little while uh, to kind of do something uh, out of the ordinary so I had some black stripes some like war paint some kind of Indian uh, fighter look mm-hmm. and some sometimes it was okay and sometimes you'd get a picture and it would just look like you know just some stripes on a <laughs> random part of my face so around Halloween I did the skull because why not you, know, guess, so, you know reasons Halloween. yeah because yeah, you know skulls are classic and you can't really go wrong it's, it's better than a cat face which I had considered <laughs> a, yeah it's not like you're at a country fair and you're face painted is it so you don't really want to be a little lion or something yeah exactly yeah And then, what are my other options? Like, Diego's a guy who's shot in the head. Well, Hmm. that's taken now. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't really want that for myself. Uh, So, I started doing this skull. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. It's fun right now. And I'll probably do it for the rest of this tour. Hmm. Because I've found a way that works well and I can do it relatively quickly. But I don't know. If I get inspired to do something more interesting or even something that's simple. But still, somewhat interesting that I might mm-hmm. go that route as well. But for okay. now, the school is fun. I mean, it looks really professional. You've obviously cool. practiced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've
1: taken some pictures of you doing it, I've taken some pictures of you on stage, and it, it's a quality job. You've obviously Thanks. polished it up quite well.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've been having fun with it, I'm trying to improve myself.
1: Okay, so let's, let's go back, say, 12 months, and talk about Delirium, the recording of Delirium. He went over to. Milan in, what, November
3: last year, was it? Well, I was kind of there the whole year. I was there most of the year. (laughs) What's that? Keeping you up. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. I just had a big uh, plate of sausage and mash. So so you've got the the car pits. Now I'm weighed down. Hmm. So, yeah, around November was when we had the demos done and we started doing rehearsals to go into the studio for Delirium. Okay. Well we didn't start drums until maybe December 1st, yeah,
1: December 1st we started drums. Yeah. It was one of the first things that was recorded, wasn't it?
3: It was the first thing recorded. Is that typical?
2: I mean, I don't think the first yeah.
3: album you've recorded with a good coil, but... No, no, it's pretty standard. Okay. Go in, get the drums done, and then everything else can be done. And much, you know, the drums you need the whole room. Mm takes time. You have to go over things again and again. Once that's done, you can sit there in the same room as Marco or the producer or whoever's working on it with the guitar and just do part by part, do takes. It's a much quieter, simpler process. Hmm. How involved
1: were you in the process of creating the drum sound?
3: Um, In which sense?
1: In the sense of, you know, were you... Doing what you told, or were you involved in deciding what parts to play? No, out? It was a bit
3: of both. Marco, you know, when he starts writing riffs and stuff like that, normally there's an idea of a drum part to go along with mm-hmm. it, which is pretty standard. Um, so, plenty of times I go with that, and then I do the drum fills or I change little, little parts that I would, would find interesting or whatever. But, um, but it would still be pretty guided by Marco, at mm-hmm. least, what, what his idea for the song would be. But there were a couple of songs where, uh, I mean Downfall, I wrote the drum part and then Marco took the drum part and wrote the song around it afterwards. Oh wow, okay, cool. Um, So yeah, in some ways, uh, definitely with some of the flair added in later, that was where 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 I got to experiment a
1: little bit more. So which song did you enjoy recording the most? Uh...
3: let's see Breakdown was actually really fun to record uh, but also Breakdown is that the name of the song on the record?
0: the what?
3: Breakdown is it? Uh, yeah. Breakdown Breakdown yeah it's okay. yes. one of these uh, extras I can't songs. remember if that was the demo name or the actual no. because it's an extra mm-hmm. that one was really fun actually Downfall was one of my favorites because I did it in one or two takes it's really just felt good Yeah.
1: Great. and Do you you get that same sense when you're playing them live? Obviously, you've not had a chance to play Breakdown live, but Downfall is on the set list at the moment, so you're playing that.
3: Downfall feels great. You know, I loved You Love Me Because I Hate You. I loved that song before I went to record it, but the drums are kind of simple, and I got to do a few things when recording and writing the drums that I liked, but playing it live has made me appreciate that song much Mm -hmm. more. I love that song live Mm -hmm. now which I wasn't sure how to tell it was going to go over live because it's kind of mid tempo. But uh, that song has definitely changed for okay. me.
1: So we accelerate forward to this year and you've been touring all over the world, pretty much. Yep. Certainly Asia, Far East, Europe, um, America. So really, I guess South America's not done recently. Not going this year, but that's got to be coming up at some stage, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's the hope.
1: Mm. So, how's the touring been for you? I mean, have you had a chance to tour
3: quite so extensively before,
1: or is this the first time you've managed to go to places like Australia and Japan?
3: This was my first time to go to Australia or Japan. That's true. Um, I've had some years. Sorry, I've had some years that were equally as busy. I feel like the first time we did, I did South America with the band. We did pretty much. I think I did 46 countries that year. Mm. All of Europe and Russia and South America and, and Mexico as well. Canada and America obviously. Yeah. Uh, yes. but no, this was definitely some new territories for me.
1: And I suppose cuz you know going back to previous interviews and previous discussions with you, you started off doing as drum tech for the band. Yep. Um, and then obviously uh, subsequently become gone on to become the drummer in Looking the Yep. And, you still do the drum tech, your own drum tech, is that right? Yes, definitely. Okay. So the, there was probably quite a, a significant amount of time when you were doing on in the crew doing drum tech but not playing, is that right? Or yep. You were doing Five, since?
3: five years, four, five years, something like that.
1: Oh, Okay. Okay. So you've played in a lot of bands. Yep. And um, do you still play in those other bands when you get a chance when you're back home in the US? Um,
3: or? when there's time. The last time I had a real break was 2013, two thousand thirteen, two thousand. the beginning of 2014 was the Mm. last time I had some time where I wasn't really busy with these guys all the time Mm. and I did a record with the band called Enterprise Earth now they're signed and they have a new drummer and they're on tour and moving forward Uh, but yeah, when there's time for sure I'll do some other stuff
1: So touring then, what do you do to chill out when you're on tour? man? My impression is there's a lot of waiting around
3: There's a lot of waiting around what, what What does Ryan do? I have a phone loaded with video games. Mm. Right now I'm playing Skyforce for the iOS, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, phone loaded of video games, uh, iPad loaded of movies. You know, walk, see the town. Walk, see the town. And drink Rybina all day long. <laughs> Read eat
1: bad food and play games on the yeah, yeah. on Apple device.
3: And wait. A lot of waiting. <laughs> do you do. Has the
1: media shown an interest in you? I mean, there's always a typical you know, cliche that they want to interview the singers in a band.
3: Do, do they ever want to interview Ryan, the drummer? Well, sometimes. Um, I've had a couple of drum publications reach out to me and come up some shows and do some interviews. And I had Drum Magazine, I think, a couple of times last year. They were posting exclusive of my videos, and I did yeah. a phone interview that I think was printed up. Last year as well. But it doesn't, you know, the, the drum community is relatively, you know... Small. Relatively small, small. yeah, yeah. Uh, unless uh, I'm doing something interesting outside of just playing drums mm-hmm. well, then then there's only so much to speak about. But it the, happens.
1: You mentioned the videos. So are these the ones where you were playing the, the drum parts of the songs? As right. I remember those. Yep. Um, did you do any more than we've seen, you know? Or is uh, the whole album you've done, or...?
3: I did not do the whole album. I have enough footage now, actually, where I probably will just do all of the songs. Hmm. But no, this was around the release of the record. Yeah, because we've been on tour ever since. So I did House of Shame, and I did maybe one or two others. Hmm. Zombies, Upside Down. Uh, yeah, some of the
1: stuff from Yeah, but no, I'll do
3: more from Delirium uh, maybe this winter while I'm at home. Actually,
1: you sure? I mean, I I, I personally found it fascinating to to see that emphasis on the the drumming because obviously, when you're watching a band on stage, the person you'll least be able to see is the drummer. They have the rest of the performers standing in front of them, but they've also got the drum kit sitting (laughs) in front of them as well, so it's, it's really hard to see what's going on. So that kind of bird's eye view of your drumming I thought was fascinating to watch. Cool. And, no, just, and you're quite an animated drummer as well,
3: aren't you? I try to be, yeah. I try to be, for sure.
1: <laughs> is that something that just happened? Does it help with the drumming, getting in the rhythm? Or is it something um... that you... Is your flair, you know, whether it's the head flick, your long hair, of course, which creates such a dimension or...
3: I mean, I I guess it's a mix of everything, but I realized at a young age, when I was learning to play drums, I realized what I thought looked cool, Mm. you know, that was really important to me, especially because most of the, I mean, I really love playing technical music and things like that, but most of the music I like to listen to and that I liked to play live was relatively simple, so to speak, you know, um, so when that's the case I always loved drawings that were super animated and did cool things and did stick flips so I wanted to naturally do those things mm. so now yeah it just keeps it interesting keeps it fun I try and do different things different parts of the show different tricks just to try and stay on top you
1: know so okay coming to, coming to a close now I've bored bored you enough today <laughs> um, what, what inspires you you know whether it's a uh, um, a drummer or, or music or you know what what, what actually gets your creative juices going
3: what inspires me yeah I guess it could be music or just whatever I'm passionate about the time you know I'm easily emotionally inspired by movies or books or the last time I read the Dark Tower series by Stephen King you know that that made me want to draw and paint and, you know, play drums all the time because it's very, you know, someone who's really expressed themselves fully. Um, But I don't know, day-to-day, yeah, music mostly. The last Ghost record was quite inspiring for me. Mm -hmm. Really loved that one. And I I was never really a huge fan of the band, but that's one of those things, every time the song was on the background, I was like, oh, wow, who is this? Oh, yeah, they're awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know, have any more questions for you today, but I might just, you know, stalk you or something and ask you questions. Well, that's fine. I'm easily stalkable. All <laughs> right. Thank you, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Always good to talk to you. Take care. always an absolute pleasure catching up with ryan on tour uh, i wish we got a more chance to hang out and chat more often put more things to write as it were and uh thanks again for joining us on the podcast really really enjoyed it and i hope we get a chance to speak again soon Brings us on to our review this week. We're still working our way through Lacuna Coil's album Delirium, and that brings us to the song You Love Me Cause I Hate You. Well, I think this is quite an interesting song. I the I start with the lyrics because for me they are the thing that really kind of sells this song to me. It's um it's quite interesting in the way that it's it's uh, constructed. We've got quite Singular, kind of passive aggressive type t- singing from Christina um, as she works her way through the lyrics of the song in the first verse. She is, um, how best to put this really? I, I, it's hard, to, uh, it's, it's a gentle voice that she sings with, it's not aggressive, but the words that she's saying are very quite aggressive. Uh, for example, lines like the tape on your mouth is slowing your breath down. The rope is still tight. The tension becomes so tangible, so unbearable. And you get the impression that she is the cause of that discomfort. And the way that she sort of sells that message is quite disconcerting, I find. And then as we get to the chorus of the song, Andrea sort of kicks in with, you love me because I hate you. It's more of a scream. It feels like a almost a... I don't know not necessarily cry for help but it's it's full of it full of emotion it's full of uh, aggression that the the tone of the song changes during the chorus and then it switches back to this gentle passive aggressive um almost i want to say plodding um kind of very very temperate singing from christine i'm sorry if i crossed the line Um, etc. etc. You're always on my mind. uh, To love is harder than you think. All these kinds of slow lines. Uh sorry if I rave my voice. I never meant to hurt you, but I had no choice. And I I think that's probably my favorite line because I get the impression that the message there is you gave me no choice. Because it then goes, Don't ever lie to me because I'm smarter than you think. And That itself is is very quite disturbing when you put it in the context of the rest of the song. So this continues. uh, And then we we get to the end. I'll make you mine until the end. Um, You love me because I hate you. And I really like the interplay lyrically in the song. The the music itself is fine. I think it carries the words very well. But for me, it's all about the song. uh, The song lyrics, I should say. I remember the band talking about this when it first came out and they said it, they talked about it being a kind of an a obsession for one person against the other. They made reference to the Stockholm syndrome, which if you don't know is the, uh, is a kind of a feelings or, or trust misplaced trust or affection uh, typically felt in sort of cases of kidnapping between the hostage and the, and, and the hostage taker itself. And I get a sense in this song that that's exactly what we're hearing here. It's a, uh, it, it is that, misplaced affection, um, almost perceived to be a mental issue between the captor in a relationship and the and the hostage of that relationship, and that to me is what makes this song quite fascinating, and I think it's well constructed in that context. Um, those of us that have seen it live, and if you haven't, we'll make sure you get a chance to. We've got videos of, of the live performance in the last tour. We'll know that Bakunako put on quite a spectacle uh, in many respects in this. They set up the stage, Simple chair comes in. Andrea sits down. Christina comes in. And she's kind of wearing, I, I guess, it's a, It almost feels like a, a nightgown in some respects. But it's, you know, it's it's very much a different kind of um, gown that she's got. She comes in and she's singing down to him, almost like she's playing with him. She's pulling his hair. She's whispering in his ear like some horrible kind of. I don't know, devil on his shoulder or, or or definitely the captor in this relationship and then he's sort of screaming this stuff out. And I love the way they construct that on stage. Very, very simple, but really gets the point of the song across. And if you listen to the lyrics, I find it quite, as I said before, quite creepy. Um, definitely feel that the song comes alive when it's played live. And I think they do a good job of exploring the message inside the song. And it fits very well on the album. Um, feels like kind of a, I don't know, the point of which maybe the, the tone or the context of the album changes. So I think it's well placed on the album. So yeah, I think it's a good song. Um, Your thoughts guys. So Russ, what do you think of you love me? Cause I hate
2: you. I think you've covered it very well, to be honest, in terms of the lyrical subject matter. Um, I think the strength of the song lies in how it's presented live. Um, what I would say about this song i think it's very dark and brooding um, sort of mysterious in a way and it's it's quite an uncomfortable song it's very very eerie mm. um, musically um, I find it quite simple but I think the strength in it lies in the guitar and the bass line it's just got that resounding thump to it and it just sort of adds to the um the general undercurrent of the the messages in the lyrics, which, as I say, are just sort of really, really eerie. Negatives for me, I'd say, unfortunately, this is probably my least favourite song on the album. Um, I don't know why there's just something about it, it doesn't click with me. I just find it a little bit sort of ploddy, and I just feel like that the band is sort of capable of something more. So, again, it's just a personal opinion. I think it works better in a live setting in the way that the band present the song. I think it works very well theatrically. But in terms of um, Delirium as a record, it's the only song that doesn't click with me for whatever reason.
1: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. What about you, Mike? What do you think of it?
0: I'm in the same camp as Russ um, with that last um, statement. For me, I, I like it, but it's not something that wires me. Everything that you mentioned is, I've I r- written some notes about the same similar things. My favourite verses at the end, there's no running away, there's no guilt and no shame. I've crossed the line. Is this the end? It's almost like a bunny-boiling situation of the relationship of one person is quite clearly stronger than the other that you've touched upon with everything. I think that the delivery of Christina with the song, it's its really good. Um, a bit pedestrian as it goes through it, but it's its an all right song. Not my favourite, though, on the album.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have touched some points about it. We're talking pedestrian, I call it plodding, as did you, Russ. I think... I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt in that context, and for me, it's it's not a rock song. It is a a song that is presented a particular message, and I think the the music supports that message. The way that slow build up, you know, this this is creepy, which we've we've all kind of touched on. It's it gets under your skin, and I think the music is designed to get under your skin in a way that maybe leaves you a little uncomfortable. I I do take your point though. It's not the the heaviest song on the album by any stretch of the imagination it doesn't have that kind of oomph that the other songs have got but in my opinion i think it it overcomes that by having a very clever set of lyrics and a quite an interesting story in there uh in terms of in terms of numbers i'm going to give this song a seven out of ten, no, seven and a half out of ten actually thinking about it yeah i'm gonna go with seven and a half out of ten And I'm going to ramp it up to an 8.5 out of 10 in a live setting because I really think they they do a good job of presenting it and it makes it a more fulfilling experience for the listener and viewer uh, in a live setting than it might otherwise be. Uh, What about you, Russ? What what are you going to give this?
2: For me, being English, and you know us, English love our puns. I don't love it. I don't hate it. So it sits in the middle. It's a solid 5 out of 10 for me.
1: Okay, fair enough. Does that change at all when you see it live? I mean, you said its strength was in the live one. What would you...
2: You have to um it it's, it's in the live one um but i'm sort of viewing it in terms of the entire discography if i was going to pick a slow song i'd choose something maybe from inner reverie and in a live setting i think it works but i think there's better slower songs so live i'll probably sort of elevate it to a to say six
1: okay fair enough what about you
0: mike what do you um you give um, six and a half on the album but i think live the delivery of it and the visual effects that you if you haven't seen it you have to understand how different it is uh from the album and i would i would give it a, a solid eight live because i think that they pull it out of the bag with everything else that we've seen on on the tour and it works really well in the live setting
1: okay there we go so we got a five out of ten from uh russ we got a seven and a half out of ten from me and mike you gave it a six out of ten did you say six and a half yeah. six and a half out of ten yeah okay so not the strongest song on the album but there are bits of it we like and we all agree it comes into its own a little bit more when it's in a live setting so there we go you love me because i hate you the last week we reviewed take me home russ wasn't available for the podcast last week um russ we did <laughs> like to catch up and get your thoughts when you uh, when you're on the podcast with us so take me home we've got a few thoughts and a number and sort of general comments. you want to make about that I mean
2: Take Me Home, I think you guys covered it very well last week, I don't think I necessarily need to add a whole lot more, other than for me score wise it's probably a, a solid 8 out of 10, um, I like the way it fits with the rest of the album, I think it's perfectly placed on the track list and there's something about me that fits with this song Sort of, I'd call it like a driving song with the up pace of the rhythm, so yeah it's just a, it's just a nice sort of uh, change of atmosphere again.
1: Fair enough, okay well thanks for your comments Boom boom right so that brings us to a close this week on the empty spiral podcast as always you can get in contact with us through the facebook page through twitter through the empty spiral.net website Uh we're always looking to keep in touch with people if you want to come and join us on the podcast and send us a message or reach out to us through one of the social networks and we'd be happy to entertain you uh, contrary to some might think we don't bite or if we do it's more of a nibble <laughs> Um, but there you go so uh, once again thanks to Mike and Russ for joining me Uh, I hope you guys have a good week hopefully better than this week slightly less stressful for all of you and uh, for our listeners everywhere around the world make sure you listen to more Lacuna Carl thanks for joining us
0: cheers everyone catch you
2: later what should we talk about Marvel films we could talk about
3: Marvel films that's true (laughs) Have you seen Doctor Strange? Yep. Have you? No. Good film. No, I'm missing out on Twitter, but it looks pretty good. You should good. definitely...
1: It's, I mean, special effects in it are just just sublime. Next, next sublime. Uh, Yeah, they're not sublime. They're fucking the op- total opposite of sublime. They're just mental. Yeah. But you'd expect it from Doctor Strange, because of course it's all other dimensions and...
3: Yeah. It's just, just definitely a new step. Yeah. You, you'd, you'd want that.
1: And Benedict Cumberbatch, and she does a really good Doctor Strange
3: He's a powerful, powerful actor. Mm. You know. Yeah, that's cool. I want to yeah. see it. So, make sure you see it. Yeah, I need to. You've seen, I'll take it you've seen Deadpool or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything that's... I haven't seen Suicide Squad, actually. No, I haven't. <clears throat> anything that's come to DVD, mm. I've seen on one of the flights. hmm What would you think of um, Batman vs Superman? You know, I liked it. I wasn't expecting much from Ben Affleck. I don't think many people were, but...
1: I actually thought he was one of the second strongest thing in the. the he's the show. It good. Was, I good think yeah, uh, as Bruce Wayne, perfect. But Bruce uh, Wayne's brilliant. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Have you ever read the uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Return? So, I haven't. Yeah. Well, you should. Firstly, because okay. it's a great graphic novel from the '80s, and it's set um, like he's retired and he comes back to fight crime, kind of thing. So he's an old man. There. Sweet. And um, it's quite clear that. Zack Snyder is he? Is he the guy that directed it? I can't remember whichever one was the director and the writer of this film right. drew a lot of inspiration from that okay. visually and in, in certain elements of the plot and I suspect that Affleck probably read it as well because he definitely felt like
3: he was that it, guy was like,
1: yeah he was that that Bruce Wayne yeah. I think he's been the best Bruce Wayne actually of all the Bruce Wayne
3: yeah I, I quite liked him I mean I like all the Christian Bale movies obviously hmm. But, uh, no, I liked it. The Superman's good. I mean, it's a different tone for Superman, but it's mm. fun. You know, mm-hmm. action, special effects, things exploding. Yeah. You got the crap kicked out of him. That was cool. Yeah. Wonder yep. Woman. Best thing in it. Best, best part of the movie. Her beating the crap out of it. Oh, that know. was amazing. When she gets knocked back and
1: she just sort of smiles and dives yeah, yeah. back in. It's like she's a total warrior. Yeah. You see the trailer? No, I have not. <sighs> right, we'll, we'll get on more We'll fun, do that, and yeah. We'll do that in a second. You can see the trailer for Wonder Woman. I think she a